episode Blah. 44. Scores on the door. Scores on the door, pun the dance floor. Do you want more? Because more is in store, me a more. Gee, that was quite smooth, you know. Bruv. Bruv, you should have done rapping when you were younger. Bangers galore. <laughs> Lyra galore. Um, Episode 44, this could end terribly. You are locked in with man like A to the B-I, A to the T-E, that's me. Abby, Abby. Uh, with my co-host, Johnny Vivas. Hello. Shout out to our Spotify listeners. Yes. To our Apple Podcast listeners. Yes. We see you. To our Amazon Music listeners. Yes. To our... YouTube listeners. You nasty people. And last but not least, because oh. you went through it this week, mm-hmm. apparently, mm-hmm. our SoundCloud yeah. listeners. Those of you who remain. A very special fucking hell. What were you doing yeah, isn't it? to the um, to the bigwigs uh, at SoundCloud who got hacked this week? If I, could say what, if I could say what I wanted to say to, to SoundCloud, the Telegraph wouldn't understand the yeah. language that I was using. Yeah, we'll get on, on to that loose link later um <laughs> but yeah to those who tried to access our podcast last week um and weren't able to and were a little bit alerted to not seeing your favorite pink icon your favorite pink branding yes on your streamy streams all we can do is apologize mm-hmm. trust me i had the fright of my life when i couldn't find my podcast on them streamy streams i think i texted johnny and i was like hmm. we got a problem Problemo, bruv. Yes. I, I, I was just, it just wasn't rational. I didn't even mm. do like the normal things you're supposed to do, like going to, I don't know, SoundCloud's Twitter and checking out the problem. I just went into full panic stations. And the reason why I found out is because I was checking like stats to see how we were doing. Mm. Um, they went to zero. And I couldn't find anything at all. I was kind of hoping we'd been cancelled. Um, I was kind of hoping we'd been cancelled. I mean, I was worried because we were talking hairless shit about the establishment and that, but I was kind of like, the only way to be cool these days is to like, revile cancel culture we could have been victims you know what i mean we could have like, spoken about everybody though we, we could have got a cheap scent of cancel culture we've, we've spoken like, about like putin we've spoken about african dictators we've spoken about uh south american political regimes we've spoken about the queen we've spoken about boris rishi i mean that's a hell of a lot of people we've spoken about lgbtq yeah swimmers yeah I mean, we could be cancelled by the swimming community quite a few bodies the swimming community are known for being vicious yeah yeah for yeah. drowning man but turns out it was just a technical issue. Mm. Um, did you write a strongly worded letter? I, I just did a strongly worded tweet, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I did one as well. A strongly worded Instagram story where I tagged them and they ignored me. Did they? Yeah. Was it seen? Um, did they see it? I don't know. Mm, probably don't not. Know. Probably not. Probably not. But the Twitter, they responded quite quickly. Yeah. I actually yeah. checked, like, I checked all the other people who were tweeting about SoundCloud being down. Yeah. And they had, like, they had retweeted, like, a thousand people. Yeah, to They replied to everyone. So, like, whoever was, like, slash V on the account... You put the work in yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, fair yeah. play to the work rate. Make sure you remember that when it's appraisal time. Uh-huh. You were putting in the work last week. 100% get paid. But we are back. Baby. You're listening to us now. So that clearly means we are back. Yes. And all it kind of reminds me is that we kind of need to find another way of providing a podcast yeah. to you guys. Because I can't be having situations like that. We need more stable um, RSS feeds. Yeah. I mean, it's one time in like a, a year and a half. So I won't be too harsh on them. But like, it's one time too many, buddy. Take my Don't business. Elsewhere. again. Um, Johnny, how you been, man? Fucking hell, what a year this week's been. Um, I feel you. Bruh, it's like just when you think that we're like in a post-COVID world and everything should maybe start going back towards normal, we get reminded what normal actually is now. Mm. Um, and, it's, and it's long, it's fucking long. 
The world's falling apart. Uh, One day we're going to do a um, um, a shot for every swear word you say on no, the podcast. We just won't, I mean, no, we barely no, no, get we through are. an episode as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't get through an episode. No, it's just going to be you. For me, I'm What do you right. mean? Yeah, you're, yeah, I don't consider myself to have a problem. One team, one dream is just a catchphrase, yeah? Yep. We're, not, we're not living that. Yep. We're not living, we're not living our raps. Yep. Um, there's well. no I in team, but <laughs> there's an I and I am him. Mm, there is an M and an E though. Yep. So. You were saying. Boy. Uh, yeah, it's been long. It's a long week, a uh, long couple of weeks, but me, I will be off catching sunshine by the time this comes out. Where are you going? Um, so I am going to what can only really be described as a German colony in Mallorca. I swear. It's very strange. So you know how the Brits have got Magaluf? When did this come about? What, Mallorca? Your trip. You, we, we, you didn't tell me this. Did I not? No. Maybe it's just another example. Is of this going to affect us? An- no, it's not. Okay. Another example of you not listening when I say something. What? Uh, so I'm going to a wedding in Scotland uh, this weekend. Or as in the weekend we're recording this. Shout out Scottish. Shout out the Scots. Um, and then, so it's, it's a bit conflicting because I'm drinking with both ops of the English Empire, right? right. Uh, drinking with the Scots and then go straight from Aberdeen down to London and then off to Mallorca on Sunday. Right. So when science comes out on Tuesday, yeah. uh, I will be in the German Magaluf, basically. It's an area called El Arenal. Cool. A little setup called Bellaman. And basically, it's just thousands of Germans turn up and drink steins in halls. And it's fucking weird. Are you staying at a hotel? I've uh, got an Airbnb. Does it have a pool nearby? The Airbnb has a pool. Does it have beach or poolside seating? Uh, it, it both has poolside seating and it is across the road from the beach. So basically, and shout out my Germans, but you guys know you're foul for this. Basically, you are going to have no poolside seating unless you wake up at 3 a.m. Yeah. To go out and place your towel. Towels and towels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can do that. Like, I, I work early it's hours. Life's too short, bruv. Life's too short, bruv. Just go to the beach. Yeah. I mean, I probably would go to... I don't really understand why people go to pools if you buy the sea anyway. Why would you do that? Um, Especially when you got, you got like beach sand. service. Sand is annoying. Let's be honest. Sand and rocks. Sand is annoying. I mean, firstly, it's proper sandy beach. So there's no rocks. But yeah, sand is annoying, bro. It is annoying. But like, if you're grown up enough to know how to like dangle your feet off the end of the sunbed, not really a problem. You got to step into it eventually though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. You just it's don't annoying. let it get on the bed. It's bless. Yeah, I don't know. How are you, Rich? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I am fantastic actually yeah been busy been busy i've been fucking getting this this kid and terribly brand out there buddy oh yeah yeah i've been, been doing some guest been appearances podding. i've been radioing come on uh yeah shout Prime out time radio on that a little bit come uh, on. shout out to ellie james friend of the show always voices radio friends of the show their mm-hmm. little sub down at uh, cold drops yard in king's cross is sexy as it's fuck, a lit man. spot you know yeah, it's a nice little spot um Shout out all of them. Shout out to the dancing. Shout out Karina. You yeah. definitely moved into the dad dancing era of your um, performance. Profile. I mean, look, I, I challenge any other dad to try a thing with me and it will it'll be, it'll be a weird <laughs> reckoning for man. Um, Karina and all them as well. And then shout out my brothers as well. Obviously, Rams Like Dimes. We've yes. had them on the show. Yes. Or two thirds of that podcast yes. on the show. Most soon come. Um, they brought me on to speak about Kendrick Lamar. I could have a, a sensible and actual proper conversation mm, about, about, about Kendrick Lamar. Unlike the one I had Being overrated. with my fellow co-host a few episodes ago. So mm-hmm. shout out Mo as well. Shout out Drakes who filmed as well. Um, yeah, just been uh, keeping the T-set name out there because somebody fucking asked him, isn't it? let's be honest. <laughs> Jesus. When are you going to get some invites? You're a, Jesus you're Christ. A, you're a lot less mean when you're, when you're drunk. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, quite, I quite like this like non-alcoholic. I'm going back to the old me, right? Okay. Not, not drinking while recording. I prefer, I prefer the drunk you. The mind is razor sharp. <laughs> is or it? Or even more, <laughs> razor sharp. Um, 
So I got this thing called The Daily Laws. Okay. By Robert Greene. Oh, who, 50, 50 Rules of Power, man. Yeah, who brought us the uh, 48 Laws 48 of Power. Laws. Yeah, um, I added uh, to myself. Yeah, and I actually interviewed one of my high Come on. high points in life is interviewing content Robert Greene. Just content. And he has this day. book, which you should get, called The Daily Laws. Mm-hmm. And it's called 366 Meditations on Power, Seduction, Mastery, Strategy, and human nature. Say, and my, man idea, plan, my man planned for a leap year, yeah. Yeah, and the idea is that every day it's got a, a chapter or it's got a, a message mm-hmm. or a meditation for the day. Was the hardback necessary though? I feel like you could have got the paperback. You're just trying to stunt for your bookshelf. No, I got this for free as a result of my, you know, being in there with a man like Robert, but whatever. Come on, first eight times in that. Whatever. Come on. Um, June 21st is the slow power grab. Okay. Is, is, the, is the one today. Now I'm going to read you this and I'm going to get your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Listen is listen. In almost every film Alfred Hitchcock made, he had to go through the same wars, gradually wresting control of the film from the producer, the actors, and the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. His struggles with screenwriters were a microcosm of the larger war. Hitchcock always wanted his vision for a film to be exactly reflected in the script, but too firm a hand on his writer's neck would get him nothing except resentment and mediocre work. So instead, he moved slowly starting out by giving the writer room to work loosely off his notes, then asking for revision that shaped the script his way. His control became obvious only gradually. And by that time, the writer was emotionally tied to the project and however frustrated, was working for his approval. A very patient man, Hitchcock let his power play unfold over time so that producer, writer and stars understood the completeness of his domination only when the film was finished. To gain control of any project, you must be willing to make time your ally. If you start with a complete control, you sap people's spirits and stir up envy and resentment. So begin by generating the illusion that you're all working together on a team effort, then slowly nibble away. If in the process you make people angry, do not worry. Mm. That's just a sign that their emotions are engaged, which means they can be manipulated. Mm. The Daily Law, in summary... Overt manipulation and power grabs are dangerous, creating envy, distrust, and suspicion. Often, the best solution is to move slowly. So basically, if you're going to snake man, just take your time. Basically. Is that the, uh, that's, our, that's our law of power today, yeah. is it? One of his most famous, I don't know why I read that, but it's quite interesting. Um, one of his like, most famous sort of uh, laws from the uh, 48 Laws of Power is like not outshining your master. Yep. Um, Conceal the conceal the iron fist with a velvet glove. Have you ever had a situation like that where you're like so obviously, obviously above your manager in terms of ability, but you've just had to be like, yeah, I've got a firmness in it. Even though you've got like multiple opportunities to outshine that person. Mm. What have you done? Me, no, I'm quite a mediocre guy, but I've seen very talented I've seen very talented people go through this. And it is bleak because there is a whole there is a whole thing about like you can't you have to it's I sound like Stormzy starting over this topic, but it's like he has to basically. You know what? Like, but, but you know, the thing is, the thing is like, yeah. But you see, like, you know, you know I, like, it's kind of like. It, it, but what I mean was like, what I come from like. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you want to snake your boss, you you have to be cold easy with your boss's boss, and that itself takes time. Ah, so you are managing up, managing upwards. Okay. This one, this one can be a problem because you have to do it like slightly in the face of the guy that you're trying to snake. Oof, that's um, risky. So I will tell you what, I have been involved in, um, where. I wasn't snaking my boss, but I was snaking more senior people in the business with the help of a boss. The way you're just like admitting to snaking is wild, but carry yeah. on, please carry on. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, I was like kind of captive to it, it is what it is. Mm. Um, and you know, finance is not a playground, but basically there was a power struggle going on and you had to plant a flag somewhere and these things happen. 
Um, so I won't I won't disclose where I was at the time, but like tech finance, like I said, these are very sneaky places. And although I didn't have to outshine the master, I had to I had to play dumb to seniors on the uh, on my team. Yeah. Um, to lull them into a sense of security by which we could chop them. When like hierarchies are quite flat, though, it's quite difficult to manage upwards too obvious oh especially no. if you've got like managers who are very paranoid and want to be involved in but, every meeting like, you hear horror stories about like especially we're in organizations where like everyone can see everyone's diary snaking snaking my counterparts boss, i'm not speaking about my easy. boss but there are bosses who are like oh well why are you having a meeting with my boss's boss's boss and then it becomes like mm, a whole so that's thing. the problem that's where you have to manage it like that's where that's where you have to manage it right snaking people on your level i find that quite natural I'm not gonna lie I'm but quite, you can do that more quite used in terms of ability. You don't yeah, have yeah, to exactly. snake someone. You just, You're well, just better at them ability kind of snaking because you like, you like, not only do you outperform, you like make very heavy note of just how bad the other person is. What, I, out, what like out, outwardly? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm not... So, so you're doing your job well and saying that that person's shit Yeah, yeah, so I've time. done that a few times still. Yikes. Yeah, I've done that a few times. You're a dick. Yeah, proper. But I mean, it's like, it's either that or they do it to me. And like the way it works, like on trading floors, like different to the other example, but like, you are kind of all in comp with each other because there's a limited pool at the end of the year, right? Mm. So people like, if you don't get along with people immediately, then they are talking shit about you immediately. You have to control that narrative. Mm. You have to control the narrative that people perceive about I you. I believe with that. So you have to be I, aggressive I with, that. with that. I agree with that. Agree uh, with that. So if you've got a guy who you know you're better than, but he thinks he's better than you, you need to make sure that the people don't believe his bullshit. Mm. Right, and so there are ways that you can control narratives, highlight specific examples. What if you're just like a wavy, solid well-rounded person who doesn't give a shit about like the rumors and all that stuff. And you're just like head down, focused on being the best. Those people can have like their moment to shine as well. Right. Without having to do all of this, like weird snaky shit. Yeah. No, everything in life is politics. Mm. Everything in life is politics. What is, oh, no. what I don't is, know if I've ever is... like got into a position by snaking someone else. Mm, and gas. to be fair, it's no, I, no, I, no, it's not. I know. I, I, what I was going to say as a caveat to that is that's probably hindered progress at the speed at which I would have wanted it. Mm-hmm. But eventually man's got there, innit? Managing upwards is politics though, right? Mm. Of course it is. Of course mm. it is. You're currying favour. Oh, no, that is, the def- that is, if not the definition of politics. What I is- think if you're just really, really good at your job and you vie for exposure to senior management, that's gas. That's not necessarily that's gas. managing up. I think people who overtly go out of their way to meet with senior management and there's not really much to offer in other than like hot air. Those are the people who are politically trying to manage up. Other people just manage up because they're Listen, great and then whatever, they get exposure as a result. Whatever line of work you're in, playing the game is as, as important as doing the job. 100%. You, you, there are always mediocre people who are out, who are yeah, overachieving. Playing the game isn't snaking and playing the game isn't like shamelessly managing up. Snaking is, is what I'm saying. Snaking is part of the game. Fam. And managing up. I guess you're saying that from a trader's perspective, right? When you work in like a financial organization, but your job is mainly like sales. Yeah. I mean, like you got your scores on the doors and that's kind of like the main thing that you use to market yourself. Relationships are obviously key and there's obviously politics in every corporation, but there's no real need to snake in my world. Disagree. The majority of the snaky activity that I saw that I, or that I have seen during my time in finance has been on the sales side, not the trading side. It's very hard to snake traders because it's a very clear number that denotes your performance. Did you make X? Did you make Y? I'm not saying that who there's made not more, like... Who made less? I'm it's not very saying black and white, right? Whereas I'm snails people, there's a lot more... It's a lot more quality. There's obviously nepotism. There's obviously favoritism and all of that stuff that takes place. 
But I don't think with those things involved that the people who are successful all have one thing in common and that thing being they've snaked their way to get there. Listen, work is work. Uh, it's not personal. Business is business. Everyone at your job, snake everyone. Snake everyone ruthlessly. These people are not your friends, in it. All right. I don't know how we got there, but I quite enjoyed that conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> but bro... Bro, 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 mate, did, mate. You, did you see that article, that uh, Lang mate. article uh, mate. that came out in the Telegraph uh, mate, this week? Of course week I did, of course I did. About that. language and slang. Yeah, of course I did. What did they call it? Uh, Multicultural English language. Awful. Oh my God. Awful. It's, it's like, it's taken over the streets, yeah, and it's, uh, like, it's like incredible. Like, uh, mate. Uh, they, mate. Use, they use words like pang and they take up their H's and say ting instead of thing and stuff. It's Literally. Like, it's like so cool, bro. Look, this is why I like Lewis Hamilton, because he actually doesn't talk like that. He talks normally. <laughs> And if you don't know what we're talking about, there was an article. Look, mm. look, let me just preface this by saying, we're out here looking for the studies that help us cure cancer, help us cure AIDS, you know, make the air cleaner, allow us to like sling dick without fear of STIs. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody in rural England, I think they were in Yorkshire somewhere. Fuck knows. Um, penned some sort of study which went into the use of slang mm. um, in what they call multicultural England. Mm -hmm. They believe language is ever-changing and suggest that a majority of Brits could end up talking, for want of a better phrase, like a roadman mm. uh, within the next 100 years, which I found awful as well. It's quite a long time though, though. Do you really give a shit? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Words such as peng... Wagwan. By the way, I don't know if I've ever said this. I think I may have even said this to you. All you people who spell Wagwan, W-A-G-1, I hate you. Yeah, anyway, I do that. It's just yeah, I hate you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Words such as peng, wagwan, and bear. Who <laughs> uh, <laughs> uses? I mean, kind of still use it. Um, a part of a dialect known as Multicultural London English, mm. or MLE. Mm. Is that a phrase? That could oh become days. the dominant dialect in the UK over the century. Come on. This dialect has grown from several languages mixing together in London and has supplanted Cockney as the main dialect amongst working class people in the capital. He what, mate? Yeah. With plenty of younger generations already familiar with the MLE dialect, the study predicts they will keep on using it well into adulthood and pass it on to their Pickney. This means that over time, the dialect <laughs> will continue to stay as one of the most popular dialects in Britain. According to research from Professor Paul Kerswill of the University of York, York, Yorkshire, whatever. whatever. Multicultural London English is a dialect born in the British capital in the early 1980s, but traces its roots back to the Windrush generation. Mm, you reckon? <laughs> is that why you're kicking them all out <sighs> he said it started in the east end of london in highly multilingual areas with lots of immigration mm -hmm. an amalgam of different kinds of english merged into one yes plenty of the slang in mle comes from jamaica but much of the dialect owes itself to languages from other communities and then they started saying that, you know, this is this dialect is pioneered by the likes of Stormzy and Dizzy Rascal. Fam. This one, like, I, this I, one's I, not even thinly I, veiled. I, I just, I just, this I, one's not even thinly veiled. It's not even tartared. Like, this is just straight mince racism. Where do we start? Multicultural <laughs> London English. Motherfucker, it's just called slang, mate. It's or, just chat. Or, or colloquialism. Isn't it? Whatever, Don't talk whatever like that, happened it? to that? 
Listen, if, if Mank chat had source, we'd all chat like Manx, innit? But we don't. Like, none of you men were concerned when, when the Cockneys were all getting represented on TV with Dick Van Dyke and that. No one was worried that the rest of the country started talking about, talking about, oh, mate, what's going on, son? How you doing? Some bit of a babble. Like, there's a very, very clear reason people like the Telegraph write articles about this kind of language becoming thing a dominant. Is, man, this isn't even the Telegraph thing. It was in the Guardian as well. And then if you see Guardian's coverage of this particular thing, it's awful. I mean, it's like, like honestly, awful. The, the spectrum between the Telegraph and the Guardian is not as wide as it used to be 20 years no, ago. Of course. But what I will say is, uh, as someone from London, none of you, man, outside the M25, you don't have a license to talk like this anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, we're not sharing this language Bro. with you. We're not sharing this language with you. Leng. If you come from a shire, don't be <laughs> talking about things and putting a one at the end of your uh, your wag in it like it's, you're, you're not invited to this club yeah the telegraph you men are not welcome to this discussion yeah we don't speak queen's english you don't speak what we've got we keep ourselves separate we'll build the wall around the m25 if you really want to go down this road this is a problem that does not need to be addressed yeah but it's very thinly veiled and this this route of thinking goes all the way back to 2011 when men like david starkey went on news night and said, what is it? It said something along the lines of like the blackification of the youth as a justification or a, a, a reasoning for the riots mm. uh, in Tottenham. And that uh, the dominant youth culture among the young English people, young Londoners, is that of black culture. And that was the root cause of the riots because they're behaving like black people. I blame Rio Ferdinand. Please explain. He once bagged a little goal, a little cheeky goal against Liverpool. Um, and then in celebration with the uh, United fans at Old Trafford, went over there and was like, brap, 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 brap. <laughs> and, then, and then he had that, and then he had that, uh, that prank TV show. I think he tried to do like an Ashton Kutcher version. Swear down. And I think the- the well, punk. The, 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 yeah, and no I think the way. catch line was, oh, you got murked. Swear down. I blame down. Rio for trying to- I, I blame, Yeah, he, he, he anglicized his bitch. He, he did that shit. Was he the first He one? whitified. I'm trying to think who else, like who else was responsible. Lenny Henry used to cu chuck a couple. Yeah. Live at the Apollo and that. Shit. I think people thought it was quaint in the 90s. Yeah, they didn't really yeah. understand what was going on. Uh, this feels like an agenda, Johnny. Mm, not like the Telegraph to dog whistle racism. I'm quite surprised. Nor like the Guardian to start terrifying. The, the Guardian were trying to be masses. cool about it. They were trying to do it from a perspective of like a conversation between two mm. people. It was awful. What it was, was like point? so, so, so bad. They were trying to explain it, but they were trying to use, they were using slang in the way that like your mum would. If you, yes. not your mum, shout out your mum, but yeah, like, yeah. like a mother would or a father would if you just taught them what peng means. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, Guard, like the Guardian basically is white Stoke Newington content. That's all they write for these days. Mm. Like they write for people who live in Clapham and Stoke Newington who like probably like should vote conservative, but just about feel guilty enough with it to vote Labour, even though they're definitely in the earnings bracket of a Tory. Uh, it's very, very sus. It no longer represents the left wing. Not surprised they're getting close to the Telegraph in anything that they output anymore. But... This argument is bare dumb. Um, it's proper mad chat. Who the fuck defines what language is? It's an Why are you giving it to the rappers, man? I hate that. Like, pioneered by Dizzy Rascal and Storms. And bruv. We all speak like this out here. This isn't a indictment on our vocabulary range. I will sun you all vocabulary-wise, but I still say, yo, mm -hmm. she is peng, bruv. She's a sort, bruv. I, I do the new school and that's the old school. No, yeah, but that's, yeah. that's my point. I do yeah, the new yeah. school and the old school. It's just how we casually, lightheartedly express ourselves. Fundamentally, it's a question of range. Can you imagine if we were very, very literal when we were like complimenting stuff? Oh my God, she is so beautiful. That, she is stunning. Do you know, what, do you know I, what sounds better? She is buff, bruv. She's she is bruv. 
Bro, 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 hey, bro, oh mate, oh my god, she's completed it, mate. Felicity's so pretty, <laughs> she's so pretty. Esme, oh my god, is that oh the summer dress? God. Have you seen the bunda on her? <laughs> you moist juice, stop talking like that, bro. Don't listen, telegraph. Don't worry about your children sounding like this. They're not, they're not invited. Yeah, yeah. teach them different. Don't yeah. let them talk like this. Yeah, you dickheads. Yeah. Shame, shame on and what's in fact, that. What's that GIF that you used to fly around? Oh my God, I love that too. What is that garage? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Fuck the Telegraph all day and the Guardian. You can hold it as well. On the topic of agendas. Mm. Now, I have bantered for quite a few episodes about my liking of this woman's face. <clears throat> and I think that's kind of made people believe that I am defending or in defense of her. You are. Quite horrific ways. So I need to make it very, very clear. There is something quite sexy about pretty bitches. Would you say that um, she's Leng? Uh, I'm not going to contribute to any conversations anymore about Pretty Patel's good looks because I feel like it takes away from what is very, very serious conversations about what she is trying to do in her space. Now, we didn't actually, I remember, we didn't actually cover this properly. So when the announcements around Rwanda... We said we'd come back to it. We said we'd come back it's to it. It's probably the first time we've actually come back to something. But we didn't actually cover it at all. If you don't know what we're talking about, there was a plan from Priti Patel of the Home Office to send immigrants who were seeking asylum in the UK to Rwanda. Mm -hmm. uh, as part of a plan that she thought would deter immigrants from wanting to come to the UK. They struck a, an agreement with the president, prime minister of Rwanda, which cost or was going to or will cost the UK taxpayer something in excess of £180 million. Small change. And the first plane that was going to take some of those immigrants to Rwanda was due to be last week. And it got shut down at the very last minute we're talking 11th hour stuff by the european court of human rights and we'll get into jurisdiction i know a lot of people will like we left didn't we we left we got brexit why are we even why are we listening to them uh we'll get into that in a minute but it was essentially kiboshed at the 11th hour shame however the government remains absolutely committed to ensuring that those asylum seekers will end up in rwanda Pretty Patel has said saying they will not be deterred from doing what she calls is the right thing. Shut up. And the asylum plan, which as I said, was announced in April, will continue. I'm not sure the regularity or the frequency of these flights. Um, they will continue into Rwanda as soon as, I guess they cross their I's and dot their T's with regards to the legalese around what is possible and what is not. Um, there's a lot of things that I wanna say about this particular thing. One of the things that Priti Patel said um, with regards to the type of people that were gonna be sent to Rwanda was something along the lines of, we can't be fooled into believing that the people who are coming here are running away from unsafe environments. <laughs> so fucked. She is trying to make us believe, you believe, that the people she is farming off are just here on a jolly. They want to come to the UK just because they've decided, you know, yeah, nah, France ain't it, bruv. Syria ain't it, bruv. Whatever it may be. And 
I don't know how this Rwanda connection came about because as you guys should be well aware, this is a country that the UK itself criticized and labeled as being so grotesquely corrupt due to years and years and generations of political mismanagement. I don't know how we struck an arrangement with them. There's loads of, uh, well, they've got issues with like genocide in Rwanda and all kinds of things in Human Rwanda. Human rights issues. Human rights issues, all kinds of stuff, right? Yep. So I don't know how we ended up striking a deal with them. But I guess that's less significant right now. It's appalling that we are now in a situation where, yet again, we are reminded that the government that has been voted in, Johnny says it a lot, we get the government that we deserve, the government that has been voted in seems to be or wants to consider themselves to be the bastion of fairness and, and, and justice and doing the right thing, seems to have pretty contrasting ways of dealing with immigrants depending on where they are from. Mm -hmm. Isn't that curious? Isn't that curious? And if you want me to just be a little bit more direct mm -hmm. and shout out my Ukrainians. But they got a pretty sexy little scheme called, what is it called? Homes for Ukraine. Yes. Where, you know, if you wanted to help a Ukrainian in your home, you'd be incentivized monetarily for doing so. Immigrants from less desirable countries, however, end up in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. What's the link? What? What's the link? Wonder why. What's the link between is. all the people we send away and the difference between those that? I'm not sure, up? Johnny. Maybe you'll have to. Yeah. No, it's mad chat. It's mad chat. What I do find deeply ironic, right, is that like the prevailing argument of the like dickheads who vote conservative as a supporter of this policy. Tory voters are like, well, you know, all these people coming in, they're taking our jobs, right? So we can't have all these fucking immigrants coming here because they're nicking our jobs. It's deeply, deeply ironic. This week, the ONS announced um, that the UK had a record, record 1.3 million open jobs. Yep. And we're going to get onto that in the, uh, in the other section about yeah. airlines. Yeah, There's yeah, almost yeah. never been more jobs Sorry. available Man. than right now. If you can't get a job... My guy. You are the problem. You are the problem. The immigrants are not the problem. Remember, it used to be that old bar about like if someone's walked across, it was kind of fucked, but if someone's yeah. walked across the Sahara, barely speaks English and still takes your job, you're the problem. You Bro, are the problem. If someone's walked across the Sahara, barely speaks English, and there's 1.3 million jobs, and yeah. you still can't get a job. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, it's not on them. Sounds like a you problem. Sounds like a you problem. I mean, it is a capitalism problem. It's a management of the economy problem, but it's very much a you problem, mm. right? There was a piece running this morning on BBC News about a cleaning company, right? And obviously like it's quite a stereotypical industry for people to get into. But then again, people who are fleeing war zones would probably love an opportunity just for any kind of stable income in a safe environment in this country. But this guy's basically saying like, fuck, we are desperate for workers. We don't have enough staff. And yet here we are removing people from the country. People who want to be here, people who have, who are fleeing war zones, whatever the fuck Preepsar says, are fleeing awful situations and are trying to contribute, are trying to make their lives better. They're trying to live some bastardized version of the British dream where they can escape wherever they're from, come to Bad Vibes Island, enjoy a lack of sunshine and just survive. Mm. And yet we are kicking these people out. It's even more egregious that in the context of a cost of living crisis, people struggling with their bills, millions of people going to food banks, even those who work full time, that we're spending 120 to 180 million pounds sterling paying another country to take these yeah, to give economically, the infrastructure to economically beneficial 
uh, units of labor, if you were to like regress it to its most base level, yeah, uh, that we're getting rid of them, right? And at the same, like, not only will the conservatives pay you to take in Ukrainians, they will then tax you to deport Africans, mm. right? And if you cannot understand, if you cannot understand the overt racist nature of a policy along those lines, then it's you become an irrational actor that we spoke about on the last episode. She even told her. Uh Prince Charles, brother, can you keep your nose out of my business? Shut up. Can you shut up? Do not get involved in politics. Listen, when you get to the point that the royal, the royal family, the royal family are going, listen, this one's a bit mean to the blacks. This is a bit wild, pretty. This is a bit mean to the blacks. This we one we can't really cover up. We shouldn't do this one to the blacks. You know you've gone too far. The fucking royal family, bro. It's madness. It's madness. It's it's rooted in a total wanton disdain for the rule of law. We've got multiple, multiple uh, international obligations that mean that this thing's illegal. They know it's illegal. They know it's not going to work. This is their excuse for pulling us out of the European Convention on Human Rights, our excuse to remove us from various other international agreements. But on that bit about the European Court of Human Rights, it's very, very simple, right? I think a lot of people thought that because we have left the European Union via Brexit, that we are still not under the jurisdiction of the European Court of Human Rights. But quite simply, that is a layer above all members of Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we are subject, we are subject to. to treaties that are, that, that have jurisdiction it's, under the exactly. court. So it's, it's as simple as that for those who are confused. Yeah. So you many voted to leave shame, isn't it? Mm. Shame. It's awful. It's just, I mean, it's horrendous. It's horrendous to kind of live in a society that people want this to happen. The worst thing is that this is, this is popular enough. This policy is popular enough. And I know you told me not to, but I'm going to anyway. It's Please. Popu- it's popular enough. Is it Keir? It's Keir. Oh, for fuck's it sake. has to be Keir. What is the point of a Labour opposition if you're not going to come out and speak against something as virile of as this? Of course he spoke No, he hasn't. Out. Stop saying he hasn't spoken. He hasn't. At- Stop doing that. Every single time you say... Keir hasn't got an opposition to a policy. He refused or a multiple rule. times to say that he'd every it. single time, nearly every single because this is what I do. I edit this thing, I publish it, I listen back, and then I'm like, mm, Johnny's talking shit here. And I go and make sure that I research all the stuff what I think is mm, he's maybe it doesn't sound too right. Every single time you've said Keir should have an opposition to it, he has had an opposition to it. There's no way you'll go onto the internet and not be able to find Keir Starmer saying that this Rwanda thing is bull. The guy was given multiple opportunities after However, PMQs. however. I think the nature of his opposition is what you have a gripe with. So I just think we should be a bit more clear. Keir Starmer is saying that this stuff is bullshit. He was just, given multiple just... opportunities to say that they that Labour would reverse this policy, and he didn't. He was given multiple opportunities. It happened after PMQs. He was given multiple opportunities to say that he so, would reverse it, and so, he didn't. Okay, so he says it's wrong, but doesn't say he would reverse it. So then what's the fucking point in saying it's wrong if you're not going to reverse it? Hang on. The only point in the no, only see, point of this, being this in power politi- is to manage this policy. Is why, this is why I hate if it's wrong, talk. say you'd reverse that's, it. That's why I hate say politics. Say the Labour Party wouldn't do this shit. We this don't stand hate, for this. This is why I hate politics talk. Why? Because I infer from this is a bullshit policy. Right. That he would reverse it. You want him to fucking say it verbatim. Yeah, yeah I okay, do. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, but that's but, where you and I are slightly hold on. differ. Do the people on these planes not want the leader of the opposition to reverse it? Do their families not want I think them to reverse people it? Do people who want to come to this country not want them to reverse it? The people on the planes want the sitting government to not have such egregious sure. laws. I don't think the people on the plane are thinking about the opposition. That's fair. So let's be and that's fair. fair. But if you want people to be sympathetic, if you want people who are sympathetic to these people on the planes to vote for the Labour Party, then they need to have a policy pace that is different from the incumbent. And he can come out and say, I don't like it, I don't agree with it. But unless he commits to saying the Labour Party does not stand for this and will revert it, his words are meaningless. 
Right, policy is action. Talk is cheap. You want Keir Starmer to come out and say that he would also let Little Wayne come into the country for the Strawberries and Cream Festival as well, and it was pretty locked that off as well. I mean, he'd definitely get a few votes back in Hackney. <laughs> what, if, is there a big like Little Wayne fan base in Hackney? Big time. We're about it since since the Carter won. <laughs> we, Carter Tree is the one, bro. Yeah, I know, but That's we've been about one. it. It's just it's fucking inept, and it's inept. And, and this is the thing: like, it's depressively, depressively popular enough that the Labour Party haven't advocated policy against it. And when like this is the kind of policy where I've I've always kind of been on the, on the lines of like. Right, are all Tories scum? Yeah, it's fun to say that all Tories are scum, but like there are like some nice Tories, there are some nice Conservatives, but actually, actually this is where like politics goes into the realms of morality. And somebody who would vote for a party that advocates deporting innocent people who have no legal recourse, right? There's this oft used line that these people are trying to jump the queue and there are legal ways. There are no legal ways. There are no legal ways that these people can apply for asylum, right? So. If you are speaking to someone who would vote for a party that willingly deports innocent people with no other rights to apply illegally, then you have to take a person at their morals in face value. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I hope you've come to the conclusion that we are surrounded by some fucking weirdos, bro. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, we are in London, so more, I mean, more often than not, we haven't had too many people vote for that fuckery. But, yeah, we, yeah. Are, we are surrounded by people who still think that Boris is cool after everything that's gone down. So of course they're going to feel like this. Some people just blindly believe that whatever the government decides is the agenda of the week is a rightful, justified agenda. That's it. That's what we're dealing with. Partygate is the most recent example proving that. People are still like, yeah, but he delivered Brexit. Yeah, but he apologized for Partygate. Yeah, but he guided us through COVID and it was the worst, darkest right. period of our life. So right. can but we just allow him? But this is, and again, you're gonna, I'm going to get in trouble, but I don't care. This is the product of ineffective opposition. There is an enormous established media machine worth billions of dollars, billions of pounds in this country that tells you whatever is going on is all right. All right it cool. goes all on the Telegraph, goes in all on the Daily this- Mail. It is the job of the Labour Party to convince people that it's fucking shit. Labour should be miles ahead in the polls. We've got, we already had the most unpopular government in decades and then Partygate happened. Like there's no way, there's no way the Tories should be anywhere near neck and neck in polls, right? Does Keir Starmer have the source? Very visibly not. I don't need him to have the source. I just need him to not be shit. And he is not shit. He's he is just, shit. Nah. No, but he is shit. Um, he is shit. His counterpart, Apparently had an ethics advisor. Mm, man like Lord Geit. <laughs> I mean, this is your bag, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you wanna, do you wanna tell the people, Wagwan? Well, I don't know. Keir Starmer's losing to a guy who willfully breaks the ministerial code, lies in parliament and still doesn't get kicked out of office. Like to uh, be behind this guy in the polls is a Boris thing. Boris broke the ministerial code, but then changed the law so you don't have to quit if you break yeah. the ministerial code. Yeah. What is Keir supposed to do about shit like that? Hold him to account. So on the, in the immediate PMQs, hold on, you can't, you can't roll your eyes at that. In the immediate PMQs, after the Sue Gray report came out, he didn't even ask him anything about Partygate. Didn't ask him. The guy's the most ineffective fucking opposition leader of all time. Okay, can you talk about this this ethics advisor dude? When even the bloke whose job it is to make sure that Boris is kosher says Boris isn't kosher, you can you can take from that that this bloke is hella haram. Mm-hmm. Um, and now actually the chat is that they're not going to replace him. They're, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to get an ethics commissioner. I mean, it sounds about right, isn't it? 
quite fitting. Yeah. Yeah. But this again, this is why I always say un país tiene el gobierno que se merece. Yeah. You do you say lot, that a lot. You lot vote for this guy. And you, and now you've got a now you've got a prime minister. Johnny voted Tory, by the way. That hot, is, t- hot take. That is haram. When when no, you can't say that. You better not edit me out either, bro. <laughs> I'll get on to guys, bro. You can't say that. That's haram. I guess we'll never know. Wait, are you more likely to vote Tory than I am? But anyway, <laughs> why? <laughs> why am I likely to vote Tory? Wait, wait, no, no, you gotta just flip it back. Why am I lo- more likely? You're a good free market capitalist. No, no, no. I, you, you, you like spending money on yeah, shoes. Do you want me to talk? I do actually. Look at these. Yeah. Look at these. They're all about beautiful. international commerce. Like dunk samba. Free trade and that. Swear Where's that t-shirt down. from? Is that made in Britain? Uniqlo, baby. Mm, imported from Asia. Yo, um, another <laughs> opportunity to just say. Uniqlo, if you want to sponsor us, we are here. There's a few brands out there. If you want to sponsor us, if no, you but just, if there's you wanna, one I want. But Uniqlo, there's one I want. Uniqlo, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Uniqlo, please. So you know, if you know somebody who knows somebody, anyone, we, please. You know, we, yeah, we like. I'll do. I'll almost do anything your marketing stuff. department asks for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we will model as yeah. well for free. Yeah. Um. I'll pay. Yeah. I'll pay. Yeah. I'll pay to sponsor um, us. So I was like perusing the internet. You're what? Sorry. Perusing. Mm-hmm. I told you. I told you. It's, it's not. On that one. Yeah, it's not just Leng and Peng with me. Um, they're doing a Ken and Barbie film, mm. and Ryan Gosling is Ken, hella blonde, and uh, Margot Robbie is Barbie. Fantastic. Not gonna lie, they kind of nailed that. Um, who else? Who, else, who is... else would be a leading contender? Remember, remember your little book of white men you'd like to look like. Yeah. Who was in that? Um, Pete Davidson, right? He was one of them. Yeah, he couldn't do Ken though. David Beckham. Could do Ken, can't act. Um, I think that was it for like, yeah, I can't remember. Is that all we had? But, no, there was a few, I can't remember. Um, Chris Hemshaw could do it. Is that his name? Chris Hemshaw? He's like Aussie or some shit? Hemsworth. Hemsworth, that's it. Thor man. So I'm getting him and Sam Henshaw mixed up. Yeah. Who's Sam Henshaw? The rugby player. Singer. Um, Oh, oh, I get it. They're all Um, Yeah, he could do it. But I still feel like, I feel like, um, or maybe like a Ryan Reynolds. He could be a Ken. Yeah. He could be a Chris Ken. Evans could probably do it. Yeah. Um, Does Ken have to be white? Discuss. What is a Ken and Barbie film in 2022 going to be about? Hmm. It's a sticky one still because you can't really like, like if you think back at like what Barbie dolls used to look like in like the 90s and the 2000s and you were to find an object of like haram body imagery yeah you'd basically go to the entire industry born out of barbie and kendall's um so she, like would is it is it kosher to make a film about a very 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 lang slim blonde woman mm. defining beauty standards with a multi-billion dollar budget probably not you you make it way more deep than it needs to be what job. i what i really want to know is when they inevitably get naked mm-hmm. are we gonna see their their, their nether region, well, like the action man thing, like, like yeah, there. where it's just like square, nothing there, and they're mm. just like dry humping. With them, with the kendo, it was like a bigger than normal bulge, right? That's but weird. with the Barbie, it was just like a flattened mm. sort of groin area. I mean, I think that'd be quite funny. I have heard that that uh, Ryan Gosling is a method actor. I'm not sure he what where'd chop, you hear that? He chop his cock and balls off. For what, the did, job, he, did he have to like method act for the Notebook? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. he actually he actually <laughs> fell in love with uh, fucking Rachel Adams. It's He's not a method hate. actor. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, I is am... Margot Robbie gonna wax her taco? Discuss. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
I've never heard that expression in my life. What, her taco? Wax her taco. Well, I mean, if it's got to come off, it's got to come off, right? Mazza. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch it because there are very few Margot Robbie events that I miss. Yeah, fair. Um, so I'm I, a red-blooded man. I will be there. Yeah, I'll be there. And I wish her all the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go together in like I, a non-gay way? We could do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Why does it have to be gay? We're just buddies, you know what I mean? Um, toxic. <laughs> um, but Hollywood is so shit, isn't it? It's what I said in the last episode. There is, there's no such thing as original content. You can't, uh, we can't afford it anymore. Culture is dead. Capitalism's killed culture. The algorithm defines what makes money. Just make shit that makes money. It's all do you we care think about. It's like, do you think it's just that... No, I refuse to believe that there are not enough minds out there to make decent stories still. Right. But you can't spend money on them. Why? You only spend money on stuff that you know makes money. But it's business. It's about margins though. They want hyper, hyper huge you, margins. And they, those are associated with like the Marvel movies and sure, so on and so forth. Sure. But you could make a like a can festival worthy film, which costs like nothing more than 2 million to make. And if a hundred million, like, but then why are you going to spend 50 million marketing on it? Sorry. Why are you going to spend 50 million marketing on a, on a film that might turn 10 million gross? No, you wouldn't spend 50 million on, right. on marketing. It's not if you get, think it's the not projections gonna big, are going to be lower. I was going to hear about it. You, Mr. You, who talks about the music industry yeah. and the pains and the travails and how many good, genuinely good artists yeah. never get to get up because those who play the game get the backing. Da, da, da. Yeah. It's the same thing in films. It's the same thing but in But why TV. does it have to be this super bastardized, lowest common denominator, super, super easy, super, super cheap entry level because for we don't, everybody? Sure. Like we need diversification. A hundred percent. Like we need the Benji flows as 100%. well as the Stormzy's. hundred percent. But cap, the, the economic model that runs the modern creative industry is not necessarily interested in creating art. But when did that happen? When did that happened because we have always been able to go to the cinema and let's not do this whole pre-pandemic talk at what point did the shift happen whereby it was just like fuck like quentin tarantino films and let's go for just completely into the dc well I i think you can probably chart you can chart you can chart this trend through the filmmaking of Quentin Tarantino. And you might argue he's been moderately insulated because he's got, he's got fuck you money. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah, kind yeah, of make course, what he wants. Of course, but, but if you go for quality, they're quality movies. Sure. But you start yeah. off with something like a Jackie Brown that doesn't have, that doesn't have the mega, mega backing. Right. As, as they realize that this guy is a guy I mean, worth I mean investing more in. about the stories, bro. Sure. But as they realize that this guy's worth investing in because he'll make us money out of Jackie Brown, we'll give him money for a reservoir dogs. So he's done it again. And then, it, and then because we've now realized that this guy is worth making money out of with Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown, we'll let him do Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, wow, bam, wins an Oscar. Yeah. Fucking blows the cinema. And now I, this guy gets more and more believe, cash. I refuse to believe. Like even, even man like Scorsese were like, bruh, this is this Ruining is cinema. Dead. Yeah, this it's ruining dead. cinema. And when he's saying he's got fuck you money as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's less about margins and money. It's about independent movies coming out at less of a frequency. But art, but this is like, you listen, you know, you know this as, as, a, as a former recording artist, right? Art is risk, right? Art is risk. Right. It's not guaranteed to work. Right. And capital cannot afford that level of risk. Capital can, requires returns. They can afford it. They can afford sure, it. Sure. So they'll put bits into it. And every, and every one in 10 projects that you put a million quid into yeah, no. will make 20. Yeah. And that's cool. As long as you recoup, as long as you make one, two, three X, that's cool. Right. But once the one they want 400 X, which is why sure. Iron Man gets three films, which sure. is why Captain America, the 
deadest superhero in the history of superheroes gets at least two films. Sure, but why? Thor. Out, what out is of, Thor doing? Out of your Thor's ten. got a heavy hammer. Yeah. He's fucking shit, yeah, mate. It's pointless. But this is the, but it makes money because punters turn up. Punters is the same shit. You just made the point in the last segment about whatever the media tells you to do, voters tend to follow it. A lot of the people are the same in terms of artistic content. If someone tells yeah, you an album's they're good- told, They're told what to like. Yeah, I, I hear that. Right, and going back to the original point, the one artist who turned 1 million into 20 million, they will then trust with 20 million. Because with 20 million, Not they always. will make Not always. 400 million. Not always, but I feel your point. Yeah. Um, God, we digress like a motherfucker. Dude, I love it. Tangents. I fucking love it. Um, let's Capitalism about... killed culture. Fuck it. Yeah, for That's real. The tape. Let's talk about chaos at the airport. Shout Ooh. out to anybody who's been able to catch a flight. Are you better... not feeling? Better not play with me tomorrow, you know? In the lot. Yeah, for real, bro. Better not play with me Where tomorrow. Where are you flying out from? So I'm flying out of Heathrow to um, to Aberdeen. And then when I get back from Aberdeen to Is Heathrow. Is there no other way to get to Scotland? Why can't you need on train or some shit? It takes like eight hours to get to Aberdeen. It's bare far north. But like. Train journeys are lit, bro. Not for eight hours after work, bruv. Oh, I would have got there at like midnight. I don't want to see my mum, so I'm going for dinner with mummy. True. All right, shout out, mumsy. Um, okay, carry on. Um, so I'm going to Heathrow, uh, Heathrow to Aberdeen, then back from Heathrow, back to Heathrow, and then I've got to get a train. Shout out, I'm going to get a crossrail for the first time. Quite excited. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you need to get out more, but carry I'm on. I'm so excited to get crossrail. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to go to Stansted. So I've got to get from Heathrow to Stansted in like three hours to go to my Walker Strait. So I'm quite worried about that bit, but I did pay my five pound extra to get the speedy check-in. Yeah, my there. mate was um, here earlier. Shout out Johnny V. He's another Johnny V, by the way. Mm -hmm. John V. Laris. And his missus was supposed to come from Zurich tonight. Oh. And her flight got cancelled an hour before she was going to leave the no. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you crazy. Mean? So back to the point. If you are trying to catch flight and not a lot of feelings, please Please, please check not only your apps with your bookings, your emails, where the confirmations and all the alerts go. Get on Twitter for Stansted, Gatwick, Heathrow, any information you can get about like air control, air traffic and all of that stuff. And then most importantly, get your ass to the airport at least half a day in advance. Half a day? I'm joking, but you get my point, right? Like this... tens of thousands of passengers have been affected by flight cancellations and long queues and airports in recent months. And this has opened up obviously a massive, massive debate about why and how we overcome this. Now we mentioned Brexit quite a bit, yeah? And I know like for a lot of people, Brexit was meant to be some sort of fucking utopia, but Jesus Christ, this is a shit ass of a utopia. Listen, I don't I actually personally me, yeah, I don't mind waiting a bit more at the airport if all the planes are busy taking the blacks out. Not mean. So like I I'll wait for my holiday, I'll stand in the queue because I'm British. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But basically the industry itself and we all knew this coming in, right? Because airplanes, airlines was was hugely affected immediately after coronavirus. But there's a massive staffing crisis, and Johnny alluded to that before with regards to the 1.3, uh, 1.3 to 1.5 vacancies that we have. Um, but because we have this staffing crisis, arguably roles that would be taken by people who have come to this country to work, mm. who are potentially being deported and sent out of the country as a result of Pretty and as a result of Brexit, mm -hmm. um, are no longer being taken. So we have abandoned luggage we've got long queues mm -hmm. loads of flights being cancelled mm -hmm. and these have affected all of the aforementioned uh, uh, airports that i've mentioned before there's been some issues at manchester as well um, i was doing a little bit of reading 
around this. Okay. Now, the obvious thing that affected the airlines, as I mentioned, was coronavirus, but there was a lot of like firing um, and then attempted rehiring, mm. right? But what has actually happened is that most of them motherfuckers just decided they're not coming back Amen. to the airline industry as a result. And figures from the ONS reveal that travel firms are now facing stiff competition in the labor markets overall. Companies across Britain are looking for 1.3 million new members of staff in the three months to May, a record high number of vacancies to fill. And then the employment levels have fallen in air transport as well. And it shows that there were some 81,000 people employed in March 2020 compared to just 70,000 in March this year, which is 14% down Shame. in two years. Shame. At the lowest point last year, it went down to 66,000. Boy. These companies, yeah, they will bitch, they will moan, they will do PR releases, they will complain, they will go on TV, they will do all kinds of allorable cool. <laughs> yeah, they will do everything but pay. They will do everything but pay. These companies all took free cash from the government. They took our taxpayer money, made decent margins. Sure, like maybe lower revenues, but decent margins because they tinned so many fucking people and they refused to pay new staff. I promise you, all these companies, these large companies with record profits, da -da 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 -da, pay staff, they will turn up to work. They will come to work, mm. yeah? Pay your fucking labor. Did you see the, um, the video that was floating around of a bunch of people queuing up for a Ryanair flight and there was a member of staff who was basically over the tannoy saying, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, yeah, this is shit, mate, to be honest. I know that you guys are all going <laughs> through this. Um, this is terrible and I know it's terrible, but this is how you make a complaint. But one thing to remember though, yeah, is that Ryanair don't give a fuck about the customers, yeah? So, <laughs> so good luck, Charlie. <laughs> Yeah, the, someone was actually over the tunnel. Like some disgruntled employee was just Shame. like, yeah, Ryanair, good. my employees are, are awful. Are dickheads, yeah. Oh, good luck. But they're also known for like abusing their pilots as well. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. bleak. And they justify because we like we give them a lot more hours in training than they get anywhere else. Well, fuck that. Pay your staff. Give them decent working conditions and you'll find that these 1.3 million jobs that you can't fill, they will be filled. Do you think that the government has a blame in this in terms of how slowly they reopen flights and as well as that, how in the midst of it all, if we track it from March 2020 up until when did it reopen? Earlier this year, back in the last year, the dilly-dallying that they were doing. So like there were periods throughout COVID where like airlines were like, look, we don't know what your policy is going to be with yeah. regards to quarantining, with regards to yeah. testings, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Do you think the government has some some blame or do you think that the fact that they were just like luck off? Yeah was the safest so bet. so i like you know me no one loves attacking the tories more than me but like obviously their their whole travel policy was was mad chat at the time it was very unclear a year and a half ago that was a year and a half ago mm. that was a year and a half ago and actually the tories were one of the more aggressive uh to much disdain me included in reopening with almost no caveats about a year ago right uh there were very few countries on the red list last year people were flying there maybe there was maybe some like latent um, discomfort with international though. travel. There so, was yeah, testing, so the but, there were, but there were people traveling. Mad testing though. Right, so that, like it would cost like 400 pounds a person sure, because of the day two, day five, day eight shit. Remember but that's that? a tax on the consumer, right? That's a tax yeah, on the consumer. It deters them from flying, which affects the industry. But I don't, okay, sure, I understand the point that you're making, yeah. but that was a year ago, okay? 
the only to, as of the last year, effectively, travel has been free and open. Towards the end of last summer, they basically said everywhere's green list. Okay, so for the last year, except these, Africa. These, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, these companies have had time to prepare. They have seen months. Like, if you run an airline, you know summers are quite fucking busy. Yeah. They have had time to prepare and to get staff in the door. And rather than offering competitive pay and offering competitive conditions and benefits, they have decided to scapegoat the government. As I said, nobody loves blaming the Tories more than me. But actually, I do feel like they were they were kind of on the friend friendly list for the airlines. They, like, they kept the airports open. They kept international travel going. Fine, they taxed consumers and it was expensive to us, to us punters to go traveling. But they did what they could for the airlines because they lobbied very successfully. It's very ironic that these companies, multi-billion dollar companies, are now complaining that they can't find the staff with their record, um, with their record cash hauls and their free money that they took from the government during the pandemic as well. But what do you reckon the company should do to attract people, especially pay. when people are leaving the... Pay, it's proper simple. It's proper simple. Offer five grand more than EasyJet, people will come and work for you. Yeah? Offer two days more annual leave than Ryanair, people will come and work for you. Offer discounted travel schemes to get to Heathrow and to Gatwick because no one lives near them, people will come and work for you. Offer reasonable conditions in a market that has record openings and you will beat the competition. You ever um, you ever join the Mile High Club? Define join. Shagging on the plane, Johnny. No. Okay. Why have you? I mean, have you seen my height, bruv? I can barely, I can barely take a piss in them things, man. You think I'm like blowing a back out? In yeah, the, I struggle. Urinal, bruv. I struggle. Come I on. struggle with the same thing. Most I could ever get is a handy under one of the blankets. Have you ever robbed one out on a plane? What? Have you robbed one out on a plane? No. In the toilet? Huh? I'm trying to think if I have. Nobody asked that question unless they have. You wanted company. You wanted company, motherfucker. No, no you wanted company. I mean, I probably have. You are a fucking liar. Yeah, oh, okay. I probably, oh, yeah. I probably have. Okay, he's I can't remember again. which flight it was. That's horrible. But I probably have. I'll never fly. I mean, I ate it down the toilet. Oh, well, how, <laughs> how generous of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so at the start of this... <laughs> at the start... What's that, like, half mile high club? Yeah, I guess so. Like solo, guess mem so. solo members club. Yeah, exactly. Solo <laughs> members club. I quite like that. Mile, mile low club, morally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. I mean, is it any dirt at the mile high club? Because it's got to come out eventually, right? I, yeah, no, I don't know, man. I'm... I feel like people aren't taking rubbers into the toilet if you can join the mile high club. So it's going to drip somewhere. Let's move on. At least I aimed down the bowl. Been let it drip on, on the floor, floor in the markets now. So at the start of this episode, you were like, the markets is haram or mm. something to that Talking of getting spunked everywhere. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and I just want to say, in solidarity, we often say in solidarity when we, uh, when we talk about really bad shit that's happening in the world. But I'm actually just saying I am in solidarity with mm. anybody. Personally. Who has, been en who has been looking at their personal portfolios. Mm, the old because, AJ Bell account looking maga. Because if your portfolio is anything like mine... Oh my God. You down bad. It looks like ragu in that thing there, bruv. Mm -hmm. It is red. Murder, murder on the dance floor. More red dots than an Indian wedding. Holy shit. And we had some interesting interest rate hikes globally this week, which affected our pockets even more. Now I've got like a few pretty high risk stocks in my portfolio. Mm. I've got some pretty standard companies, which I think, you know, they're, they're generational, they've been here forever, gonna be here forever. Mm. 
they are not safe. None of them are safe. So in solidarity with anybody like me, who is hemorrhaging cash. Johnny is on the front line, obviously, as a mm. trader. So he has a slightly different vantage point of what's been happening. We don't want to talk about Bitcoin too much. We obviously had Pack shout out Big Pack, um, speaking about it a couple episodes ago. Um, but we do want to talk about what's happened in, I guess, a bite size just to prepare you for the future. Disclaimer, disclaimer, this is not investment advice. Absolutely not. But shit, man. Keep your cash on this side, please. This is a great time for me because, you know, all you like equities, like people, all you like big CNBC people, all you like nice suited dickheads, yeah? I mean, nice suited dickheads. If you yeah. guys would have seen Johnny's attire coming to my place today, he looks like he's on his way to Ascot, yes. papi. Work. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because this is where the fucking autistic fixed income traders come it was into our own. fucking linen. It was yeah. linen. It may as well have been seer We're out here. All you equity cool kids that laugh at us for being math nerds, looking at our <laughs> curves, yeah, and our convexity and our duration, and our technical things. You men are struggling now, isn't it? No, now I'm you want to know about interest rates. I'm looking at your curves. Pause. Now you, Jesus. Jesus. Pause. Anyway. Uh, anyway, this is a rates event, which means it's time for the nerdy fixed income use to take over. We're here. Not, not, not too nerdy, please. Not too nerdy. No, 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 no. Anyway, so basically, inflation is upon us. Yeah. As we have discussed multiple times, we did it on episode 40. We've spoken about it a couple times since. The two main drivers of inflation are energy prices spiking thanks to the Russia-Ukraine crisis. By the way, on the subject of Russia, did you see this little article that slid through that basically said that despite everybody's chat about Russia and how we're gonna like, we're gonna sanction them and we're gonna fuck up their economy and that's really gonna teach them. I saw an article the other day, which was just like, despite all of that, they made 20 billion in oil exports mm -hmm. in May. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody's still fucking with them. Yeah, the Germans need it. It's a Mazda, bro. But yeah. it's not just Germany, by the way. But Hungary are about yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like 20 billion. Yeah, it's mad. Mate. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. Anyway, carry on. But also they like they fucking cleaned up at the beginning of the crisis when the ruble was in the toilet, because it's all traded in dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they were like owning a stupid premium on their exports just because their currency tanked, because the Americans tanked it. Anyway. Um so inflation is caused by two things. Energy prices spiking up and then ongoing supply chain disruptions, part of which are a lag from COVID and global trade slowing down, mm. but also more specifically China's mm. zero COVID policy, which means they lock down key cities and ports uh, and uh, industrial areas and um, uh, factories and very productive, very productive regions uh, get locked off. And so we can't export shit out of China that makes uh, shipping and goods more expensive. Uh, to run around the world. So combined with energy prices, it means that basically the price of everything is going up. Mm. Uh, and it has been going up steadily throughout the year. So there's a, there is a, a well-worn maxim in markets. My baguette is like £1.20 now. Used it's to bleak, be like isn't it? 99 pence. I'm not going to lie. I know crazy, I'm an old man, yeah. Because I started working in the city in 2012. Yeah. You could buy a good, good lunch yeah. for £5. Yeah, bro. My Burley's now is like 11 quid. It's yeah. fucking crazy. You can't buy bro. a decent lunch for like 8 quid anymore. It's nuts. 9 quid. 10, 10 pounds about par. Yeah. About par price. It's gone up 100% in 10 years. Anyway. Um, inflation has been creeping up steadily over the course of the year and there's a well-worn maxim in the markets that nothing solves inflation like inflation the higher prices get the more unaffordable they are and so people uh can't afford to pay them that naturally brings prices down however 
the main main driver of inflation isn't necessarily uh, goods prices; it's in it's energy prices and yeah. what's going into your bills. What's hurting people's pockets isn't necessarily the pound more they spend on the sandwich, but it's the cost of your energy bills going up, mm. your gas and electric, etc. Certainly went up here. And so there has been some feed through to goods because the people that produce the goods and run the businesses also have energy bills to maintain. Uh, and that has fed through to consumer prices. Um, but fundamentally, there has been an, a near unsustainable rise and a constant rise in inflation. So what has happened is central banks globally have all gone, oh, fuck, this isn't transitory. Uh, as recently as three to six months ago, the word transitory was a buzzword in the markets. The idea of inflation becoming persistent was alien. Uh, since 2008, almost every major economy in the world had gone through very stagnant rates of inflation, sub 2%, entirely manageable. We'd had anemic growth, um, but with low rates of inflation, it wasn't really an issue. Now, consumers uh, are facing significantly higher prices. Uh, it's causing standards of living to drop globally. Uh, and this is very unpalatable politically. And central banks have gone, oh, fuck, it's not coming down organically. So what happened in the last few weeks is the market has repriced inflation expectations and has repriced what central banks will do about it. And when you say repriced, the markets have responded or it have reacted in anticipation of. Is that what you mean when you say repriced? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so the level of inflation is effectively a tradable asset. Um, there are sw interest rate swaps that you can do without getting too technical that bet on where inflation is going to be over yeah. a certain time horizon. And those kept going up and up and up and up. And yeah. as those went up and up and up, they are effectively what the market reflects the inflation rate to be at a particular time in the future. Yeah. Now, when central banks, whose job it is to maintain inflation in each economy, see that those expectations are becoming de-anchored, i.e. rising too quickly, uh, it gives them cause to panic that the, uh, that the spending capacity of the economy uh, becomes damaged to the extent that consumption is hit, companies can't sell anything, and we enter a very ugly recession. Mm. Um, even though we are already in relatively anemic growth, uh, we've had a boost from COVID. Um, what they are worried about is the concept of stagflation, which is entrenched higher inflation amid entrenched lower growth. Yeah. Uh, and so as the market has repriced or has uh, has increased its view on where inflation rates are going to be, central banks have gone, oh, fuck. And they have raised interest rates. And what it means when central banks raise interest rates. Everything they, fuck. Everything fuck. Basically, they control the rate at which banks can deposit money at the central bank. Now, if they want to increase economic activity, uh, what they do is they cut interest rates, which means they give less money to banks on their deposits. If they give less money to banks on their deposits, banks have to lend that to the real economy in order to generate return. When central banks put their rates up, which is what they're doing, they disincentivize banks uh, to lend money to the real economy and they incentivize banks to put the money in the central bank. It's how you reduce liquidity. It's how you reduce the money supply in the real economy. And it's how you get banks to take cash out, stop lending to businesses, so that, that uh, businesses do less, people have less cash about them and they spend less and that brings inflation down. Now, what's really fucked is that the required path of hiking and the required interest rate hikes from central banks is such that it will probably cause recessions across multiple developed economies. 
the only way that they're because they're so behind the curve and they didn't see this coming stupidly for months uh they are going to have to hike uh, interest rates to such a punitive level that people's mortgages become semi-unaffordable business loans become unaffordable personal loans become unaffordable uh and b- coupled with inflation uh the consumptive capacity of the regular consumer becomes so diminished that economic activity takes a hit to the extent that we get a recession uh, so basically everything fuck mm-hmm. the reason it fucks stock markets is because that interest rate like the prevailing real interest rates is the rate at which you discount future earnings and so if discounted earnings are discounted at a higher rate it means that equity valuations go down that's why everything fucking stock markets but again there's a difference between stock markets and the real economy both are fucked because they've dilly-dallied for too long and because they've dilly-dallied for too long they're now going extra ham to catch up for you um so everything fuck bitcoin's fucked um shame uh, i'm not buying that shit until 10k you did though uh i didn't buy bitcoin Never yeah you did some coins did some shit coins yeah i yeah. fucked around with some shit coins at the high that was all so right. you're still gonna only you can be like it's trash fuck bitcoin it's trash shame on you guys yeah ha 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 yeah and then say i'm gonna buy i'm it. gonna buy it at 10 yeah Johnny Vivas, ladies and gentlemen. Markets, baby. Capitalist, baby. <laughs> you are my favorite Listen, capitalist. Even Karl Marx was trading stocks by the time he died in Hampstead. Are you comparing yourself to him? Or? Listen, we're both uh, we're both good Jews with a view on the market. Cool. Look, brace yourselves. Uh, I am a firm believer that right now, uh, as I watch my portfolio hemorrhage, uh, I probably am not going to be doing any stock investments. And that's that's my world, by the way, stock investments for, for a very long while. Um, Shame. Not investment advice, but think about that. Think about that just a little bit. Equity I'm going to ride out these next couple of years. Some of my positions are so down, there's no way I'm going to see any returns on them for a couple of years. But look, that's what investment's supposed to be. Yeah. It's meant to be minimum five-year time horizon. It's meant to be for life. You're meant to average down. You're meant to buy more into the stock as the dips happen so that your positions grow. So... Look into that. Do your research. This is not investment advice. Be safe out there. Bloody hell, it's fucking bleeding. You'll be um, fine. They'll cut interest rates at the end of the year anyway. And They'll then we'll panic. see. Yeah, hopefully. Um, this is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Cheese! Gemma Island, let's go. Love Island is back. Mm-hmm. Is on its just. And as much as I hate myself for watching it again. Every night. It's just... Fantastic. I feel like this time they've just been like, you know what? I want chaos. Mm-hmm. I don't want peace. Everybody going in there like, I don't mind breaking up a household. I don't mind breaking not, up. Have you not all the men that we walk in and like, I ain't got a problem with breaking up a yeah, couple. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not that's not what we are like. As, Did you not as, see it? I thought so jokes how Jax went from being alpha to cucked like immediately. Yeah. I don't know why people like Jax. He looks so dopey. But um, to be <laughs> fair, I think you look most... I think you got a similar Jax hairstyle, wow. actually. Like, you know, it's a nice little fade, but you do kind of look like Jax as wow, a result. Wow, this is blue eye And I don't like the way that he is called Jax. His name is Jacques, for fuck's sake. It's spelled Jacques. It's French. Yeah. Why is he calling himself Jax? If you're going to call the U Jack, just call him Jack, innit? Like, you know what I mean? Um, or put an X in it, like, what's her face from... Top boy. Yeah, it's been amazing. I'm not I'm not for all of this like anti mandem vibes of I will steal your girl. We're not into that. That's not what guys do. Like we don't beef over the ladies. No, but nor, I do like watching it on TV. We. But I do like watching it on TV. But I do like watching it on TV. Right. Gemma is the stiffest 19 year old mm. I have ever seen in my life. Listen, like, much you can't th- be 19 young, that fit, and that serious. Haram. Like, why do you not think she's nice? She's 19. No, I mean, like, objectively speaking, like, you, I mean, 
it's not illegal for me to say that. She she's, looks, she's very pretty, is it? Because nah, I said fit. Like she's nah. very pretty. I can say a nineteen year old is very pretty. She looks so like right. she looks like her old man. No, she doesn't. Far too much. Who's your favourite in there, looks wise then? Mm. It's a sticky one, you know. Is it? None of them really who like really sticky. No, nah, so out. that's crazy because I think like Probably I, India. I think India's probably the prettiest. Indi- Interesting. So I but I'm not really here for the nose ring. I'm not gonna lie, that's a prejudice that I've got. I know I've got to work oh, yeah? on it. She is by far the prettiest. No, she's not by far. She's the by far the prettiest. Relax. I do think that the uh the first five, was it five of them, the women at the beginning? Mm. I think that's like one of the strongest starter groups from recent Among years. Among there. I'll be honest. Because Among there, yeah. I'm looking at Gemma, Amber, India. Uh, Paige is the most slept on of them all. Bro, so it's for me, unbelievable how fam, she's not bagged. Fam. I don't get it. Like, she's also like top tier vibes. I was she's like, proper but blessed, this, bro. But she must not be because like she's not getting scooped up. You can't mm. look like her and have good vibes and not get scooped up. There are men who are fighting over Gemma. But she's like, she's like, Gemma, uh, Paige is like naturally pretty, right? Whereas like, she, she doesn't seem like she's like putting in the, putting in the bro, work she for the got business freckles, that a lot of girls do. She got curves, the tan hit nice. Yeah, she pretty. Like she's Welsh. Yeah. The accent is mm. no, that, no, that's her arm. No, it's not like the Irish accent. Not all Celtic. No, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it was. Not all Celtic. Welsh is cute, man. It yeah, she's a little soft. She's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, she's beautiful. She needs a win. She I hope she gets on. a win still. Italians seem to be the trend this year, isn't it? Yeah, We've got like weird. three Italians in there. Well, two, uh, two half, one full. Because Luke is half Italian, oh, my up. man from uh, Scotland waste, man. is half Italian, and Davide, Davide, is, uh, Madonna, no, s- slowly no, becoming no, my no, favorite guy. Abbiamo di parlare di questo accento che che ha questo stronzo di merda. This guy, yeah, like okay, fine. The guy is not pretending to have an Italian accent like this, yeah. <laughs> I don't, li- I didn't like that, by the way. But but he's definitely not trying to anglicize it at all. You know when you speak a foreign language. Why should he? Okay. So what you can speak like this? My no, name's no, no, Davide, and I, so when, when, the reason I'm picking this girl is because no, he's like the reason I'm picking listen, this girl. Listen, monotongued man, sit down, yeah. When you speak different languages, yeah. Well, my name's Johnny, and I'm bilingual. <laughs> is that a bite? Shut up. It was a bite. You can have it. It's trilingual, but anyway, um, when you speak foreign languages. Like I'm bilingual, one of them slang, multicultural London yeah, English. According to the Telegraph, yeah, innit? Yeah, yeah. Then I got four in it. I'm bilingual. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, when you speak foreign languages, like subconsciously, you kind of make an effort to pronounce words correctly. No. And I'm not asking. Where is this coming no from? No one's asking for Queen's English. Yeah, wouldn't it? I learned French as a total foreigner. No French speakers in the. Well, my mum speaks French, but no like French family. Got Seychellois family, but no French family. When I speak French, it's subconscious. I don't know about bonjour, ça va, j'ai femme. Qu'est-ce que tu fais pour travail? Like, it's embarrassing, right? <laughs> it's proper embarrassing, yeah? Like, you make some kind of subconscious effort to pronounce words properly, and in that, an accent develops. This guy is a doing a dolmio advert. He's a not trying <laughs> any single word to even make it sound... And, okay, very, he's Italian. very, proud people, Italians. Ah, I know. You saw. You saw Christo. Exactly. Ma, so, but you kind of try to do a But he does. He, uh, he says a bro every now and again. Ah, ma, que, he ma, says bro. He's like, say, bro, I don't ma, mind if you speak to Ekinsu. Ma, no. Not to say the word. No, it's not to be Gino <laughs> Di Campo the every day? day, man. What did he say the other day? He was like... You play Monopoly, you don't play me. <laughs> that was some gang shit though, bro. That was some gang shit. I'm a bit conflicted on him though, because like he's my favorite now. I like do you know what do you know what do you know what bar I liked from him, yeah? I like the bar where he was like, I'm not being open from day one. 
I need to know that she's worth it if I'm actually going to put any effort into it. I appreciate and that. And that I respect. But he's a massive narcissist as well. Because yeah, when obviously, he, when he's he picked, Italian, they're all narcissists. I think when he picked Ekinsu at the beginning, who we're going to get onto in a second. Yes. Lady Carnage, Lady yes. of Rage. When he picked her, he was like, the reason I'm picking her is because she sees that there is more to me than what you see. Mm. And I was just like, that's a really weird way to look at it. So you like her because she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Game. Like, that's, that's, that's this game. That's weird. Although I, do, um, I, do, I lost respect. I, I can't invest in him. I lost respect immediately because he did go straight for Gemma. And that's Haram. She's 19. She's also bare boring. Do you think he knew at the beginning she was 19? I mean, you would ask at some point, like, how old are you? That's true. Right? But much like, I'm going to have to say, like... Do you think that this whole Gemma being 19, him being 27 thing is sus. as big a deal yeah, as sus. Twitter has made it? Yeah, sus. Why? Because... Dating someone eight years younger at that age, like that's, it's just okay. not right. Okay, so you feel, okay, so you're, you're like me then. So you feel like after a certain age, the conversation is okay, but at certain ages, yeah. it's not. Yeah, what, what's that age for you, by the way? Is it 20? Because a lot of people are like, as soon as she gets to 20, 21, that's fine. Me, My I, boy Mo the other day was like, I can't talk to a girl she was born in the 2000s, <laughs> which, which would mean like, yeah, 22 minimum. Listen, if she doesn't remember Darius Vassell putting it over the bar... <laughs> That's, that's it. Done. 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 No, for me, like, I wouldn't even have anyone under 25 on Love Island because everyone's fucking boring before the age of 25. Uh, yo, it is what it is. Yo, bro, I couldn't agree more. Like, the, these motherfuckers are boring. They ain't got a fucking thing to speak about. Who the fuck's got chat before bro. 25? They're children. Bro, they're children. 100%. And Gemma is actually a child. And, like, the thing about Gemma is, much like her dad, she is going to peak as a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, the career is not going to bang from there on. She's going to do her knee in. It's going to be awful. She's going to lose half a yard of pace and the source is going to disappear. So, Ekinsu. The fucking arguably, queen of chaos. Arguably one of the best contestants. Bombsh one of the best bombshells of all time. It's like, it's Jess and Maura level content. It's unreal chat. It's unreal chat. When she, Someone... saw, when she saw a Scottish man, she was like, I'm going to faint. <laughs> so... She's like, I need to sit down. <laughs> I need to sit down. I'm going to faint. Like, what's wrong with her? And then she did the lady in the tramp thing over the... Mm. Over, like, come what on. was watching. Like, while well, she, she's, telling Jack, she's telling Jack's day one, like, I'd rather be in bed with you tonight. That's such a disrespect. Chaos. Chaos. Um, do you think she's pretty? She's had a lot of work done, by the way. Did you see the article? She's had no. a hell of work done, similar to like that Gemma girl from a few years ago, mm. who was a baddie, but she's mm. done loads of work. Ekin yeah, has done I didn't see that. loads. I haven't seen that. I haven't um, seen that. I don't really care either. What I would say is Ekin Sue has got bags of sauce. I don't know. Bags man. of no, sauce. No, no, no. I disagree. I, I think, and by the way, someone on Twitter called her a generational slapper and I could that not- That is so fucked. I could I, not stop laughing. It's so problematic. It's so fucked. He called her a generational slapper. <laughs> In every generation, <laughs> that, you'd be a slapper. That's like, um, But no, she's got I, do you unbelievable know, I source and she has appeal. got source. I don't think, no, I don't think she has got mm. either. I think if she was a man, we would call her a sleaze. I think if she was a man, we'd say she was a pervert. Yeah, if she had wheels, she'd be a bicycle though, innit? No, no, but I think it's important that we look at it from that lens. She has kind of maybe read one too many books about how like hypersexualization can get you the man. I doubt she's like, read a single book. But you get my point, or maybe she's taken too many things off the wrong kinds of sources into what like entices men. And clearly it's working for some of the brothers in mm. there, but like they're in fucking Palma de Mallorca, like rocking out with I their cocks like... out. But I think if you look at her... Approach, not necessarily the, the 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 quantity. She can do what she wants with as many men as she wants. That's fine. That's the era we're living in. Mm -hmm. But I think the way that she does it—if a guy was doing it, 
Yeah, sleaze, ugh, ick, all that shit. I'm and not sure. I, though, get, I get the ick seeing her going around. But when she's the, when, when him and the when her and that brother were like crawling on the balcony to go and have a little so lips. Jokes. Like, come on, can you Great act content. your age? She's been talking about, Great oh, content. I want a man, I want a man who's like older than me, and all. That. And then you're sneaking. Can you just use your two feet? Go out, lift the guy on the balcony. No, but she, you live your life. She's trying to protect the brother's feelings downstairs, who she's about to. But leave you're an it. adult now. You know, you don't think he's gonna find out. Yeah, obviously. At time of recording, we we don't, don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But like, we imagine who he's gonna find out. Um. Special shout out to Luca, who the every moisture shoot on road, bro. Yeah, I, I who every single time shoot, he feels under the cost, he's just like rattles immediately. I can't be asked, mate. Bro, he's such a waste, man. <laughs> he's such a. And who was it? Who he was sticking it on someone else? Someone's missus went for a date, and he was like, "Do you care?" And the guy was like, "I'm not really that bothered." And he was like, "But you do care." That bit. But you do me. care, mate. That bit maybe me. the dumbest chat in all bro. of my life. And history, then Amber got involved. Anyway. Um, he's moist. He's moist because he, do you know what he tried to do the bad. He tried to do the bad guy thing to the guy who left. Uh, what was my name? Liam was it Liam yeah. who, who walked? He tried to do the bad guy thing to him. Got immediately cucked by Jax. Immediately cucked by a girl who like probably does like him, right? But tried to cuck another guy. Immediately got cucked, folded, and then started kicking off at everyone else. And like it's even more jokes because the guy who cucked him got cucked. Like yeah. you're a double cuck e bro. You've said like, cuck be humble entirely too many times. He got cucked. I don't know if I've heard this word as many times. He's a cuck. Stop it. Cuck um, cuck 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 cuck. <laughs> Any uh, predictions on who? And that's early doors, but who might win? Uh, Paige is massively popular. Yeah. Uh, Dammy's massively popular. Can we speak about who isn't popular? And I like Dammy a lot, by the way. And I told you I would. My man. My man. My man like Irish Dams, yeah? Mm. Do you know who I don't like? Who? Who's very unpopular to me. Who? And then we'll move on. Mm. Tasha. Slyly, you know? Tasha. Slyly, you know? Is... Ooh. She's dead food. I gotta be careful about... I, f- I can't even... I feel like I can't even offend the deaf girl. Like, it's mad. Mm. Well, she won't be able to hear you. But she is gorgeous. <laughs> Um, she's gorgeous, but like there she's is no naturally source. very good looking, but um, there's no source and there's also no, no drama. Bruv, no, but she's like she's she's. I need more drama. She just literally whoever says your peg, mm. she's like, oh really me? And then she jumps. Yeah. How can you go from like being in the uh, hideaway with my man? Yeah. To the next day being like, yeah, I'm I'm open to getting to know. She's people. not onto him though. She's she's so visibly not onto him. But then why are you giving him a manicure? As she called it. I mean, like... Yo, is manicure the new term that for can't a hand be a term. I was discussing this with someone. This cannot be a term. That is a hard art. Like, that can't be right. Because, like, what are you getting your nails involved? Hand that job. sounds deep it's a hand and comfortable. Job. A hand job, yeah, I know right? what it, Like, I know what it is, but, like, oh. this, uh, manicure's and nails thing. Yeah, I'm far too spectral Don't to use your this. nails. Don't use your nails. Uh-uh. But also, don't waste, like, a good paint job. Like, it doesn't work either way. Yeah, true. It's proper dead chat. Um, Shall we... I guess perfectly segue into relationship advice then. Mm. Bit of a sticky one this week. Ooh, I like sticky. Bit of a weird one. I'm quite conflicted about it to be honest. It is quite long, so you have to listen. All right. My girlfriend and I. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? My well, I don't know. Because last time I did a long one, you complained about it. You were like, "How are out?" Is it as long as that one? No. Okay. Cool. My girlfriend and I have been together seven years. Uh, we met in final year at uni. All has been great for years, but in the last couple of years, things have taken a turn. One of our uncles passed away about two years ago. Rest in peace. They weren't particularly close as far as I knew. We only met a couple of times uh, where I'd regularly meet her other cousins and aunties. But when he died, he left her enough money to buy a nice flat in London. Before she bought the flat, she had a well-paid job. 
And although we used to work long hours, our schedules were in sync and we'd spend our time relaxing and unwinding together. When she bought the flat, she quit law and got a job as a graphic designer. <coughs> when she first started, she was really happy and you could see the work ethic she'd bought from her old job. She was making less money, but she was happy to do so because it was a more enjoyable gig for her. Mm. Almost immediately, though, something changed. She was never really much of a party girl, which suited us both, as nor am I, but she'd get invited to lots of events through her agency. Ugh. I'd go with her, and after a few months, she stopped trying to hide the fact that she was doing drugs at these events. Ugh. That wasn't a problem, as I've done plenty myself, but about a year ago, she started doing them at home too. Oof. Now, her being into drugs isn't really the issue for me. I don't think she has a problem, but over the last year in particular, I've noticed that she's just generally become more lazy. It's like all the ambition has seeped out of her system, and I've raised the point to her that she doesn't seem to be very busy beyond work anymore. Brackets. She used to be part of book clubs and netball teams, etc. End brackets. Uh, and she simply said that she'd much rather relax after work. I've asked her if she was stressed at work or if she regretted her decision to change career. And she said she was perfectly happy with her choice, but now she owns a flat. She doesn't feel the need to be pushing out networking or work to the max anymore. I feel like she's essentially become lazier generally since she got her uncle's money. And she's slowly becoming a different girl to the one I fell in love with. I used to love her for her energy, but now she's financially secure, it seems like she's permanently on holiday. I do pay rent for her flat since we moved in, and it's not that I don't want that money going towards her buying weed or coke, I just don't want to sponsor her passive lifestyle if it means she doesn't feel a need to do anything but chill anymore. Hmm. Two years ago, I was certain about marrying this girl, but the woman she's become isn't the one I got with, and I don't know how to get her back. Seven years is long enough to pop the question or move on. And I'm really not sure if I want to risk starting all over again. I've been a fan of you guys for a long time and I haven't even spoke to my friends about this. So please keep it anonymous. But any advice would be welcome. Thank you. First of all, big up and thank you for, uh, for listening. Um, boy, oh boy, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack with this one, bruv. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. How old do we think they are? Did they say? Uh, I actually don't know, but... Okay. Seven years, so... Uh, seven years out of uni... Okay. Uh, so they would have graduated in 2015, mm -hmm. which means they would have been 21. So, so they might be about, what, 29, uh, late 20s, early 30s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crunch time, basically, in terms mm. of, you know, crossroads in life, in terms of relationships. So this is actually pretty deep, and I understand the conundrum. So first thing first, I am a firm believer in... This is not what I signed up for. Mm. Talk on it. So. Talk on it. It is perfectly reasonable for you to enter a relationship with someone based on how they have sold themselves to you, for want of a better phrase, to then find out long term that what is underneath the bonnet is not to your liking long term. Hmm. If you reach that conclusion my belief it is it perfectly reasonable for you to say i did not sign up for this i do not see this as being a part of my future however however giving her the benefit of the doubt and the frequent colorful drug use mm -hmm. um, that i'm hearing about if we're going to guess the race uh, leads me to believe. Yeah, we is, don't like. Is, is not, there's no prizes. There's no prizes in offer. Your people. They're, well, <laughs> Josh's people. 
Shout out, Josh. Um, it is also giving her the benefit of the doubt. Quite reasonable to think that maybe this is her getting certain things out of her system. Okay. Right. I think there are a lot of people who go through, you know, their reckless phase. They go through their whole phase. They go through whatever it may be. Right. They have come to a point where they say, I've done all of this in my life focused on hitting a career goal, which will give me X amount of money, which will allow me to buy the house. She was ultimately fast tracked. What? My fucking flight to Edinburgh has been cancelled, bruv. You're joking. My flight to Aberdeen has been cancelled. Oh my God. Well, apparently, no, now I'm apparently flying at nine o'clock, land at half ten. As opposed to? Uh, land at, uh, fly off at six, land at quarter to eight so I can go to dinner with my mum. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, well, dinner's done, isn't it? Dinner's cancelled, right? But you still get there. But I want to see my mum, bruv. Land at half. Oh, you're get only half... doing the evening. So I can see then, mum. And then uh, the wedding's on Saturday. Oh, uh, your mum's not going to the wedding, I'm assuming. No. Oh, shit. So you're just going to have like, I guess like. I, mean, I might as well just tell mum to come to the wedding now. Tea and rich tea. At half ten, I'm gonna get to the gaff at eleven o'clock. Yeah, rich tea with your mum, innit? What's a Netflix or something? <laughs> that is dead. I'm sorry, I've so, ruined this segment, isn't it? No, nah, like, no, nah, <laughs> but it's actually quite nice because it's tied in quite nicely with our section before. Bro, As I said, guys, please, uh, please uh, check your apps, check your Twitter, check your emails. Yeah, so uh, that's techie, bruv. Sorry. But should we get back to helping? Yeah, do you remember where you were? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So as I was saying. Some people have all of these career goals and they're like, I want to do all of this so I can buy the house, so I can be financially secure, et cetera, et cetera. She was fast-tracked to one of the biggest adult milestones, right? She was given enough money to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So maybe the fun times that she was maybe putting on hold are now... She's living them now. Before us, exactly, right? So I guess it's important for you, bro, bro, um, to... Mate. Mate. To... Try and understand if this is something that she just needs to get out of her system. I don't know if you want to do that by way of a sort of long-term ultimatum or whether or not you're a bit patient and you sit it out a little bit, you're less critical, you kind of maybe get involved with it, with her to kind of monitor it, to do it together, share something. I know that's not necessarily ideal because Mm -hmm. drugs and all that stuff, be careful, obviously, but... What I'm trying to say is you maybe need to ascertain before you do anything drastic, you maybe want to ascertain if this is her new life as opposed to just a phase that she needs to get out of her system. Because clearly if you guys want to get married, you want to have kids, her being a low-key addict probably isn't going to be that conducive to great parenting. Mm -hmm. No slight to anybody. Mm. No slight to anybody, Mm. right? No slight to anybody. Controversial takes. Maybe. Maybe controversial. Don't think it's that controversial, but maybe. Um, so, if the long-term plan is to get married to her and you think that she's going to be doing all of this continually, then clearly you have to remove yourself from that situation if that's not what you want. But you have to somehow, before you take that drastic move, ascertain what this phase of drug taking is going to look like and how long it's going to be. Um, there was another part of the advice that I wanted to kind of focus on. Uh, no, I think that's it. I think those are the main two things. That's all very good. Very cogent. Very well thought out. Mm. Very coherent. Wasn't it? Very mature Thank advice. You. Thanks. What I sense here, however, Uh-oh. is an opportunity. 
Are you going to wedge cheating into this one? You seem to have uh, paid a lot of attention to the fact that Sweetheart might have a drug problem. Right. You seem to have put a lot of capital into the idea that she might be a new person. Okay. You seem to have spent a lot of time on the concept uh, that my man is not at a place that he was expecting to arrive. Okay. Me, what I hear is access to property. And I sense an opportunity as a result. I, I, I'm dreading where this is going. The key detail that I picked up on in this story was that he was paying rent. Oh, I needed to talk about that. Yeah, carry on. The key detail that I picked up I on I didn't like story. that bit about him like funding her. Bruv, you're not funding her drug taking, bro. You're just paying your rent, so shut up. Anyway, carry on. Fine. Fine. Leads me to my point. Okay. What we have here, my friend, is an opportunity. Now, uh, she works in, she worked in law. I don't know what he does, but given that they worked comparable hours, I'm guessing they have a comparable job. Mm. And if they've got, mm. Mm. fine, uh, yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah. Reasonable to, but let's, let's play devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not particularly relevant, but it may be the case that if he's got a reasonable rent of rate, his capacity to save for a deposit might be aided by his partner giving him cheap rent by virtue that she already owns a house. My friend, what I sense here is an opportunity to convert these rent payments into mortgage contributions. <laughs> What's it called? Common law? Mm. <laughs> Two years, my friend, and you are cohabitating. <laughs> cohabitating oh this is good i'm not gonna lie i wasn't i didn't expect this johnny you've done well here you are cohabitating yes yes, yes. Just, i'm gonna ask you to do it for me just shut up just shut your mouth just shut up if anything just <laughs> give her that special kit and get her to sign the paper just shut up under the influence just say baby girl it's crazy we want to build a future together <laughs> we can have a property empire I will not judge you and your drugs. Oh, none of it. I will stop it. None of it. I will co-sign. You want me to go and fetch it for you? If you co-sign the mortgages. <laughs> yeah? You need, what you need to do, what you need to do, is have a discussion around building a future together. Mm. You can voice your little disdains. But I mean, two twos, if they're not at the point of having kids, then her doing a bit of, a bit of packet on the table at home and smoking a spliff, it's not a problem. One presumes that by the time she, if they have kids, if she becomes pregnant, she'll put that shit at least out of the kid's reach, oh, right? Or so. stop it during the term of pregnancy. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But what we need to do here is get yourself from being a tenant to being a co-owner, my friend. <laughs> now, the basis of your argument is that she didn't save for the money either. She got given it, right? Mm. So if you can find some way to convince her that you will pay off a portion of the house or a portion of the mortgage, and that when you have enough cash saved, you can split the second house too. What you've done is you've talked yourself into 50% ownership of two properties. But you still haven't answered what happens to the relationship. Does he secure the bag and then say cheerio? Or is he actually working towards making this relationship work mm. long term while the, he is being conniving? There is a, uh, a well-known maxim in Judaism. You said maxim a lot today. It's relevant. Okay. It's a good name as well. Uh... The first marriage is for business. The second one's for love. 
<laughs> what we have here, my friend. Oh, man. Is a ladder to climb. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Let's get Pippa work on the table. Yeah? Okay. You can let her do a line off the contract. Yeah. As long as it gets signed. Co-sign onto that mortgage. Get yourself some fingers in the pie. Mm. Keep her happy. For two years, you've got rights anyway. Mm. Yeah. And then once you've got the empire together, boy. He might already be like a strong can... year and a half into that whole thing as well. Uh, I think well, even the thing the fa- came two years ago. So like they might be like, yeah, yeah year, year and a half. If he's been paying rent, gaff. I think he's already. Mm. He's got rights. Mm. He's got rights. So basically what we're trying to say is, buddy, we don't see any problems here. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and also two twos. I'm not being funny. If she's got a dead rich uncle, she's probably got like dying rich aunties too. Oh my God. Right? Like, there's more money to come into this pot. Jesus Christ. Just, just shut up and take the opportunities. And take the opportunity as it presents itself to you all. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should present some actual advice because I have views. No. But I don't want to. No, I think I've balanced out your fuckery. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I mean, like listeners, you can decide which part yeah, you're going to yeah, walk. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think we've got we've covered all bases, yeah, sir. No. Thanks once again for yeah, listening. No. There are like there are genuinely two ways we've presented yeah. two ways out of this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Keep, Keep the submissions your... <laughs> coming in. <laughs> Keep your submissions coming in. <laughs> Um, new music this week is mm. from the Mini Kings. Go check out new skincare. I was lucky enough to catch a preview of the whole upcoming EP project called Iconacy, which is coming in the coming months. It mm. is Rags Original. It is Oscar Wilde Peace. It is Benji Flow, artist who you are very aware I fucking ride mm-hmm. for. Because they are true, true talents and they're wavy wavy dudes can we get benji for on the uh, show I, would, I mean i think yemi and them man will probably do it before we do mm. but i will make sure i am there in the mm. vicinity if it happens so that we can all go and drink um and have a chat together mm-hmm. um but check that out obviously the news the big music news mm-hmm. of this week mm. is beyonce is back baby yeah b7 the renaissance she smiled at me once cool she smiled at me once made eye contact she smiled at me did you shoulder barge her no, cool. she was on the stage. All right. But I did have to shoulder barge another French geezer for like three hours. Someone's going to knock you out one day. They're not uh, a French bloke. They're all very short. That's not true. Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the Beyonce thing too much. Anyway. It's kind of like... Really? Uh, I'm not really, really... Never you would really definitely get cancelled on Twitter for saying that. Yeah, I know. Keep your People are just going to put like bees in our comment section every yeah. single time we chat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I've, I've never really liked Beyonce's... Wow. Boy. I saw her perform. I think she's unbelievable. She's amazing live. Unbelievable she's live. live. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never really liked her voice. Oh. And I have never really loved her music. And Actually, I know people I can do hear this. our subscriber count. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, tinny. right? I know, right? I mean, obviously, I love a lot of her songs and I love the Destiny's Child era. No, Don't no, no. It now. Destiny's Child era was sick. And I did it on her first album. There were a couple of unbelievable tunes. Um, the ballads and stuff, mm. but I don't really love her music. Are you a ballad um, Beyonce? Is that is that is that her, her no, style that you prefer? No, I, no to be honest, I actually kind of like trappy, rappy Beyonce. I mm. think when she has got when she's got like the attitude and she does like that sort of singy rappy shit, mm-hmm. I think Beyonce is amazing. Interesting, but like, I don't love her music. Okay. All the stuff that everybody loves, like mm. to the left, all that shit. I never really loved it. I feel like that's as controversial as me not really liking Kendrick Lamar. Uh, 
it's probably more, you know, people, you know, people write for Beyonce. Yeah. Um, but I got like one of the biggest Beyonce fans uh, in my friendship group, shout out Frankie. Mm-hmm. And she, she's going to kill me for saying this. I mean, she kind of knows anyway, but like, <laughs> I don't really love it. But look, I'm going to listen to the album because it's been, what is it? Six, seven years since the last one. What was the last one? Was it Lemonade? Uh, the one, Lemonade. The, the visual one. Exactly. Um, it's coming soon. I don't really know if the date was announced. But yeah, that's coming August, very, very soon. Um, we're kind of done here. I just want to um, send love and a continued reminder, solidarity, love, um, and a call for justice for the Grenfell 72. Amen. Five years on. Amen. Uh, the government has obviously not decided or yet to decide what should be done with the tower, the public inquiry, it's still ongoing as they continue to go through evidence. We know that there was negligence at cataclysmic levels all throughout this, which resulted in the deaths um, and the trauma of those who survived and their families and the surrounding community. All I can hope and pray for is that we get justice for the Grenfell 72 for the community. Um, this cannot be brushed under the carpet this cannot just end up in a result in a report rather where people admit um, negligence but there is no repercussions we need to see people imprisoned we need to see people locked up mm-hmm. we need to see people lose licenses we need to see people lose jobs it would it won't it will do absolutely nothing to pay back the families for what they have lost but due process needs to occur and true justice needs to be the result. Um, so I just wanted to say that. There's a really good article on the BBC website into why this is taking so long for them to reach mm-hmm. justice. If you've driven past any or most buildings, I'd like to say most buildings which had cladding before, you are seeing boroughs taking actions to remove that in my process. Yeah. In mine as well. Um, that's going to start in June of this year. So there are some, I guess optically positive changes that are taking place as a result. But what we also need to see is that those who are responsible and those who were, yeah, culpable, made to account for what has happened. Amen. Um, special shout out to Julius Francis. Amen. Um, that was a clean, in clean this right episodes chat. or this week's fuck about and find, find out, out. <laughs> section, <laughs> as Johnny called it. Yeah, look, we have to kill off certain behavior. Amen. Bouncers have never been ones to fuck with. Let okay? alone former Commonwealth He wasn't to know. Champions. He wasn't to know. But that's the point, right? Don't leave your house to be a dickhead. Especially, especially in if Box Park. <laughs> especially at Box Park wearing a velvety do-rag. do-rag. You wally. You, <laughs> you absolute dickhead. mug. Because you fuck around with the wrong bouncer. And it may and be a guy yeah. who has shared a boxing ring with Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson and one of the Klitschko's, bruv. Yeah. Like, don't shame. do it. And I'm so glad that the Box Park CEO came out and defended him. Yeah. I'm so glad that the Metropolitan Police were like, there's nothing to see here, bruv. Carry on with your yeah, day yeah, job, yeah, Julius. Amen. You'll yeah, be all 100%. right. People, allow it. If pre-gaming isn't your thing, don't do it before Amen. you hit the venue. If drinking too much ain't your thing, slow down on the doubles. Amen. Okay, stop being a dickhead. It's very, guy. very crazy. You're not that it guy, buddy. It is hot out here, okay? Mm. Literally and metaphorically. Bouncers do not fuck about. Amen. They will take you around the corner and they will rearrange your face. 
Was it worth it? Absolutely not. It will always be the question. So shout out to him. And shout out to the, the fucking, the, the other you who was with him, who was simultaneously bold and ginger, <laughs> who was trying to give it the big end to the small bouncer and fucking yeah. folded in yeah, front of yeah, my yeah. man. It's always a waste, man. If you're listening, I'll bang you up in Wembley myself. We don't bro. promote or condone violence at this Kenan Terribly podcast. That was the views of Johnny and Johnny only. You wear a slap. Johnny, look, enjoy your now cancelled. Bro, I had to rearrange uh, the yeah, shit. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. We cool should mom. wrap up this episode I'm now so that you can crack do. on Fuck. with that. I hope you have a good time. Listen to everybody who is continually supporting us. We love you. We thank you. I do want to say a very special happy Father's Day. Because uh, that would have been a couple of days ago at the time that you are hearing this. And I'm not going to do one of those shout out all the mothers that are both mothers and fathers. I mean, that's a nice sentiment, but let the dads have this one for mm -hmm. fuck's sake. Um, and this is an even more special one for me because I was absolutely blessed with another bundle of joy last week. So Amen. shout out Romy. Well, I love God. you. You've completed me. Welcome, baby girl. And I'm about to wrap up so I can come give you a big hug and a kiss. Big up everybody. This is going to episode 44, baby. Bless.